Hi, my name is Emma. I'm from Elite Injectables. I'm a cosmetic nurse um, specializing in Botox and filler. I'm here today to talk to you guys about the myths, the facts, and getting it all straight about Botox. All right, honey. So another conversations with, and this one's really important to me because I feel like stigma-wise, like this one's got a lot yeah, definitely. And it's a, it's a very generational one too, Fiona. Like that's what I yes. find really interesting is, you know, I feel like it's either you're all in or you're all out. And I think people can be quite and I vocal. Feel like you just get judged either way. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, we are talking cosmetic injectables and we are with one of our favorites. I know Emma very well. Yeah, because I get it done. Her and my foreign friend, <laughs> as well as us. Uh, but we are talking to Emma Prendergast today, and we are going to talk Botox injectables and all the good stuff about it. Yeah, and I think while we're here, just talking about some of those myths and talking about the bit of the negative side of things yeah. and kind of giving everybody more of a – because education changes everything, right? Yeah, like I whenever feel like we when get, you don't know, you're like, oh, my God, you yeah. are sticking stuff in your head. Yeah. It's like, mate, you're sticking it in your mouth too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, have you been to McDonald's? Yeah, it, that's exactly right. Exactly. And I think so the more that we have these conversations and shine a light on that negative side to see what it's actually about and then – Kind of, I don't know, just really sift through and see what is actually bullshit. True that. Mm. And on that note. Yes. Welcome, Emma. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. And like Fiona said, you and her forehead have got a good <laughs> real relationship going on there. So, Fiona, good I think. To, yeah, exactly. We know each other well. So, Fiona, I reckon to kind of kick off, I'd like to hear maybe even a bit of an idea of you and your personal struggles with your forehead. With my forehead, Um, And then, you know, like Emma can jump in and sort of kind of give her reasoning behind things and explain that side as well. Yeah, totally. I'm down with that. So I I am a frowny person Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have this resting bitch face. Yeah, that you do. And I feel like I don't look like somebody that – you could just walk up to and say hi because I just look cranky. Do you feel like that's stopped things happening for you because people assume you're a bitch? Um, I don't know. That mm. may, possibly. Mm. Let's not put that in the notes. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, before I started seeing Emma, I did find that, you know, say I was like walking across the road and it was sunny, I would really be focusing on like what's my forehead doing, like trying to relax that. You know, you're squinting. The sun's in your eyes, right? And I used to be like squinting but like trying to relax my forehead at the same time so that I didn't look like I was walking into somewhere angry. And I just felt like I was this angry looking person all the time. And I know Courtney and I were at, we were just out one day and I was talking to somebody and I was in the sun. And afterwards, Courtney was like, you actually looked quite angry with the person. And I wasn't. It was just sunny and I was squinting. And so for me, that's why I was like, I just need to like calm the resting bitch face. And so I yeah. haven't gone the, you know, people get really worried and go, oh, you know, when I said I wanted to get it, my husband was like, eh whatever works for you, whatever excites you. But, you know, and then talking to different people of different generations, like you say, you know, some people were like, oh, my God, you're not going to be plastic, are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just. hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not because I feel like that could be very awkward. But, you know, like it was one of those things. It was like this is this is Emma's 
place. I don't know. All I wanted to say was, can you make me look calmer? Yeah. And that's where it started for me. I was driving one day. My daughter's now eight, but when she was three, we were driving. She was in the back seat and she said to me, why are you mad, mummy? Don't be mad, be happy. And I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about dinner. I'm not mad, sweetie, but that's what it's perceived as. That's what people see um, is the perception of you. But it's for so many women, it's our concentration face. Yeah. It's our who do I, oh, I've got to do that. Oh, my gosh, I've got to pay that bill. Oh, I've got to call that person back. It's what we're doing to think and concentrate, but what it's seen as is anger. Um, and that's certainly where it started for me with my frown and I'm, it's certainly my go-to face for thinking. And like I said, concentrating. Um, and so when my daughter said that to me, I was like, Hmm, interesting. And it was one of the first times that I really noticed or, or thought about the fact that that's what is seen by other people. Um, and I actually had a lady that came to me and she was older than me. Um, with the very same complaint. And after I had treated her frown, she came back to me a couple of weeks later and was like, "Uh, what else can we do? And she said, Emma, I've got to tell you that I'm being received differently at work. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I can't help but feel like before I had Botox, I was walking around work with a very stern frown on my face and everybody perceived that I was angry. Now that I'm not frowning as much, she said, I can honestly tell you that more people have said hello to me this week than they've ever said hello to me at my workplace. She said, I can't help but feel like it's because I just look less cranky. And I said, well, it's very true. Mm. Um, it is very true. We, we and Botox isn't just about stopping the frown or, or or many people think that they're going to be devoid of emotion. You're not. You're still going to have all that. Um, it just takes away that angry look, um, especially when we're treating your frown. So um, I think that's where so many women start. Um, it's certainly where I started and then I've moved on to having I don't have it done at the moment. I'm due. So I'm a good after photo at the moment sorry, before photo. Um, but now I do have my forehead done and I do get my eyes done. Um, and that's pretty much what I do in terms of um, Botox treatment. And I'm happy with that. Um, it One of the greatest myths, I think, is that it's a slippery slope to looking like Catwoman. And yeah. I think that people think, oh, oh, I'd like to get it, but oh, no, I, oh, no, I can't, no. Um won't I look fake? Won't I look plastic? Won't I look spaced out? No, you don't have to. None of those things have to happen. My family still know when I'm mad. Um, <laughs> it's just that it's with with the treatment of Botox, it's not only the aesthetic look, but it's breaking the habit of the frown as your go-to face for things. Yes, definitely. And if, if your mum has frowned... Um, or if that's her go-to face. Think about the women um, before you generationally, your mum, her her sisters, your grandmother. Um, genetically, we're going to follow in that line. And so also you copy the people around you. And so if the women around you are frowners, odds are you're going to be a frowner. So it's just breaking that pattern and that habit as well. And um, do I still frown? Yeah, Um but it's just not as strong and it's not as it's not as much my go-to face. 
I think one of the really big thing, you know, speaking of the myths and stuff like that, you know, I know that there's people that go, oh, but, you know, like what if you have it Botox done for the next 10 years, right? And then one day you go, right, I'm not doing it anymore. Are you just going to age like 10 years at once? You know, like they they think like that. It's like, oh, no, no, no. What do you think? Your face is going to like just... Fall apart or well, I think it's because they probably just don't understand yeah, what is, the Botox is actually doing to the muscle. And Emma, this is where I'd love for you to jump in. But can you explain how it more actually just relaxes the muscle? It's not you, you, that you're not going to age ten years in, overnight. Not going to wake up fifty. No, if if you if you stopped today and you'd been having it for a number of years, you are just going to go back to how you would have been without ever having tried Botox. Will you look ten years older? Not ten. Um, maybe a couple, just probably a little crankier and a little tighter, but um, it's not going to reverse age you. You're not on. You're not locked into it for the rest of your life. You can pick it up and drop it when you like. Ideally, yes, three to four months is going to keep it looking fresh and lovely um, and keep those muscles softened and, and not as on or as strong. Um, but, you know, Botox is not something we need to live and die by, you know. Um, you can pick it up and not do it again for a while or I've got a my girlfriend's wedding coming up or I've got a special event coming up or we're doing some lovely family photos I wouldn't mind a little freshen up it's not going to make you look different it's just going to make you look fresher and so in the same vein if you stop it just you go back to how you would have always been had you never ever done any Botox at all Um, and to your other point the way that Botox works is it's a chemical block so um, it's injected into the muscle And it finds its way to the muscle over the next, uh, you know, sort of 12 to 24 hours. It doesn't kick in for up to two weeks. But in those first few, um, in those first few hours, it finds itself, the Botox will find the muscle and sit itself on the muscle receptor. And so basically um, there's the, uh, hang on, I'm trying to do a, I'm trying to show you. Basically, if that's the muscle, oh, that's not effective. No, I don't know if I can because if I put the camera down, then you're going to see all my five chins. Um, (laughs) Hang on, let me see if I can do that. Basically, if that's the muscle and that's the nerve fibre feeding the muscle and telling it what to do, Botox sits there as a chemical block. So over the three to four months, you metabolize through that block and that goes away as though it's never, ever been there. And then the muscle can keep telling, then the nerve can keep telling the muscle what to do. So just think of Botox as a chemical buffer or block. Yeah. And like anything, we metabolize through that block, that goes away, movement resumes and it's back to exactly how it would have been. You've just got the fresh memory in your mind of how, fresh it did look beforehand and so that's what I think people come back for is that feeling um but um, yeah like I say it's um it's you can you can pick it up and drop it whenever you want um but what brings people back is that everything just sits a little lighter and brighter and um for me your mascara just doesn't sit on the top of your lid as much you know as you're getting tired and the day goes on you're like oh god why didn't somebody tell me that I've got top raccoon eyes um everything just sits a little lighter brighter for me I've always struggled with headaches um from a little girl I've also passed that on to my children um and so I didn't start getting Botox because of headaches 
I started getting Botox because I my daughter said something and then I got into the industry. But has it helped? Absolutely. Uh, do I reach for the Nurofen and Panadol a lot less when my Botox is effective? Absolutely. Do I still get migraines because that's what I'm prone to getting? Yes, I will, particularly during stressful times and particularly um, I'll still get a big hormonal headache that that's unrelated to the muscles. Um, but like I say, on a, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, I am looking for my Panadol and Nurofen a lot less. And when the Botox is wearing off, I'm looking for it a little bit more and I go, oh, there you go. Because we hold so much tension in yes. our forehead. Okay. So wow. this is this is this is working the muscle just the same as that is tensing that muscle. And so we hold stress and tension there. Um, and so when we relax that, you're taking away that tension. Um, but muscle always has memory, so you're always going to get that movement back. Yeah. See, and wow. that's what I find really interesting is when you start to hear different things. Like I've heard some people um, get it done in their jaw, in their jawline. Is that to help? Oh, to stop clenching. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like there's certain so it's a, yeah, that's a two-folded uh, treatment. I've got very strong masseters, and I'm also a clencher, which I think has also contributed to my headaches over the years. Um, so there's a big muscle that sits here, and that's see how mine pops out. Yeah that's responsible for chewing and that's also the muscle that we use to grind which in then activates a tendon up here which also creates more headaches um so yes you can put botox into the into the jawline here um to relax those muscles and not make them as on and as strong um but they still work we want them to work because they're responsible for what we use to chew um and in doing that so the two-pronged approach to that is that it will also start to shrink that muscle a little bit. Um, and so people that want more of a softer, graduated jaw um, or they just say, oh, this is too bulky, I feel like this is too square, um, then we can also, that's what we put Botox there to, to shape that and bring that muscle down a little bit. Yeah. Because you're essentially resting the muscle for three months um, or with masseters hopefully towards the six-month mark. Um, and, but the downside to that is this is a big muscle, so it needs a fair bit of product. Um, but it does last you for about six months. Wow. That's incredible. Especially like six months is a long time to get that relief. And like, if you're in the point that you're reaching for Panadol and Nurofen all the bloody time too, you you take anything you can. Hey, like Mm. just to be able to relax that. I know that I'm a clencher and as soon as I get cranky, that's the first thing I do. I'll clench my jaw. Like that's very strong for me yeah you might have the clench and i got the frown yeah i think so yeah like you know even when i'm doing stuff like and i'll know if i'm a little bit on a cranky day and i'll be doing it and then you know when you start to stew over something like first thing that will happen is my jaw will just like i'll clench it again and that's what i go back to like when and you know you could be doing you could be driving along you could be doing anything and then all of a sudden you start clenching your door and you're like oh or you relax it, you go, oh, that's really sore. Yeah. It's like, oh, because I've actually been clenching it this whole time. It's like you say, when you relax, you're like, whoa, give it a break. Yeah. Um, and that's when you notice it. I also clench a lot in my sleep. Um, mm-hmm. So I do I do what you're doing is when I'm stressed, there are different physical things that your body reverts into doing. Um, but for me, when things are really stressful for me, I will wake up st- headachey with particularly this side of my neck quite sore 
but also my jaw just feels as though it's been chewing a steak all night. Yeah. And um, so it's a subconscious thing. It's not something you're always aware of. So, um, yeah, it can be something you're doing in your sleep as well. And, I mean, we know as a body we're also connected. And so, you know, you're doing something up here and then in that process you end up doing something to shoulders, you end up doing something to back. It can, you know. Yeah. It can Absolutely, because you're straining this muscle and then when you're clenching, you're engaging down here. It it all all has effect. It all has an effect. So um, Botox isn't just about looking pretty. Um, It's really not. It's just not. There's so many more uses for it and, and needs for it um, than than just our frown or just our forehead. I yeah. think I like to liken it because I feel like most women have gone through, you know, um, you know, wanting to lose weight and things like that. And I think that's why I like to liken it to something like that because you can lose weight to look good. And that is amazing and, you know, I'm, you know, going to be there applauding you and all the things. But then you can also lose weight and get Botox for health reasons as well. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's there's that two sides to both of them and I think I like to say yeah, for weight loss. Yeah, you your side and then you've got your medically you need this side. Yeah, the, the reasonings yeah. for. And I think because most women as a general rule, um, you know, have had some sort of, you know, weight loss or, you know, trying to and all those sort of things. I think when we understand it through that lens, we go, oh, okay, maybe I can see why people get it with the Botox Mm. because of this reason as well. Yeah. I think so much of the time it's fear and it's fear of the unknown and, um, you know, even with going to get your hair done with a new hairdresser, you need to build rapport and trust. So then I think, going taking that to the next level and going needles in my face and something that will last three to four months there's got to be trust uh there's got to be some understanding and so um don't be afraid to just have a consultation with someone um follow people on instagram any good practitioner is not going to force you into having treatment on the day you can certainly go in ask questions get the vibe of the person make sure that you're both on the same wavelength as to what it is you want out of a treatment. Um, Cause you can sit here and discuss the color blue till, till the cows come home. But if you're not talking about the same color blue, it's completely pointless. Um, so sometimes getting in the same room and, and asking questions and throwing all those questions out there, no questions are dumb. I've heard them all. Um, and you have every right and should be asking all of them um, as well as the qualifications of any practitioner that you're going to see. Um, I I encourage people to ask me that. I want people to ask me that. It also, also shows me they've done a little bit of homework and they've listened to some people um, because, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of injectors out there and we all vary in our experience. And, um, and so asking all those questions, having a consultation and then going home and just marinating on it and thinking about it and then deciding if that person's right for you, that's what I think is the best thing to do. Yeah. You don't have so to jump in all in on the day, um, I think that could be scary as well. So I understand that there's a huge amount of trust that takes place when we're talking about needles and injecting something into our body. That's it. I think that's so important too. Like you're so right there. I know when like I had stalked the hell out of you before I was getting on the bed and then I was like, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. We've had quite a few conversations. She's very down to earth. I feel like I can say 
Emma, have a resting fit, bet, bitch face, and I don't want to. I just want to calm her down. Like, I want the bitch to go on holidays. And, yep. you know, and I can... Give her a break. Yeah, she needs a break. She needs a holiday. She's, and to be able to just send you a selfie and be like, do you think I'm due yet? <laughs> this is my friend. And then you're like, yeah, you know what? I can see you this visit or I can see you next visit. It's not a huge deal. Probably next one might be better. That kind of thing. It just, it really builds the confidence and it just helps somebody go, you know what? They're not like, yeah, yeah, let's just keep on injecting away and I'm just going to here to take your money. You know, like it's, it's not like that. It's, it's building that connection with somebody and going, they know exactly what I want to look like and how I want to feel. It's like you guys and your clinic and your business and your salon um you want to create relationships it's not just about sticking a bit of botox in someone's frown it's creating relationships and and botox is one part of it you know mm. there are so many other parts to it you know a, a decent skincare regime you will if you do come and see me you're going to get the sunscreen lecture um sunscreen is the greatest anti-aging invention in the entire world it's just not instant um out, out where you guys are, it is so hot, so harsh. Look, the sun is harsh anywhere, but it is incredibly hot out there where you guys are. And it does. It surprises me how many women are like, oh, I don't go out in the sun. Do you do school drop-off? Do you go to Coles? Do you pop into the post office? Do you all of the, all of that incidental sun built up over 60 years is, is sun damage? And I can't, with a Botox needle, undo sun damage. Um, so sunscreen is your greatest. It should be right next to your toothbrush. It should be every single day. Sometimes it might take a few sunscreens to find the one that works for you, but it's it's also going to give you better value for money out of your Botox. Botox isn't cheap. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive, and we can always tailor it to any budget. Um so it, it's, yeah, it can be that. But at the same time, you don't want to waste your hard-earned money. So sunscreen is the greatest thing that you can do every single day. Totally. It Even comes, if it's cloudy, the yeah. sun could come out. Um, you Yeah, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. So a good skincare regime, uh, sunscreen on a daily basis, um, skin needling thrown in there from time to time. And if you are making a big trip to the city, um look at some decent laser once a year or once every two years and that's going to also improve um, the skin texture and the quality of your skin. Yes. It's, as, it's like if somebody came to you guys every three months for their roots to be done and or, or their hair straightened and yet in that entire time in between visits, they don't shampoo, they don't condition, they don't brush their hair, they don't do anything. What's the quality of their skin? What's the quality of their hair going to be like? You can straighten it, but there's been no homework or no care done in between. Exactly. And so what, and so I say to people, it's not a, even about a really expensive sunscreen. I just cover my kids in banana boat every morning and with what's left on my hands, I do my face as well. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, so whatever you can do on the cheap, um, I think is always so beneficial. Definitely. You've got to look after your investment. Our bodies are an investment. Yeah, I mean, you don't buy a car and then never get the service, right? Oh, my God. It's like having a Ferrari and putting castor oil in it. Yeah. Like, look at you go with your sayings. <laughs> yes, but it is like buying a Ferrari and putting castor oil in it. Because you've got to look after these things. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I've used that example so many times out there, you know, like uh, I've, if I've had a dollar for every time I've heard my partner doesn't want me to be here or my partner is really sceptical or 
I don't want my partner to know. I understand all of that. But as I say to them, is your part, you know, sort of work out something that makes sense. But for me, it's you guys are on a property, yeah, and you've paid good money for machinery, yeah. Would your partner just drive it into the ground and never service it, never take care of it or look after it? No, that would be crazy. Why is our face any different? Um, it's not It's not vanity. It's, it's just it gives me personally, and I, I can only speak, I can speak from some level of experience with what women tell me, but it's just that little bit of confidence. It's just that, again, same thing when you walk out of the hair salon and your hair's looking schmick, you're like, sweet. There's a little bounce to your step. There's a little, you just feel that little bit more confident. Um, yeah, you just feel that little bit more confident and that's what it's about. It's not about changing faces or making you look like somebody you never looked like. That's bad Botox. That's bad injectables. I think everyone thinks of that, you know, that movie Just Go With It with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston and how, you know, oh he's the plastic gosh. surgeon. And I think that's probably what we should also talk about. Like there's a difference between plastic surgery and yeah. Botox. Like, and in, a lot of those movies in that, they play it up. Oh, exactly. Really yeah, like old mate like has no feeling in his face. Like they went to that yeah. party or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I think people literally think like that. Too it's many like, people are watching Botched. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And I love that show and I love those guys. Um, but, you know, so many of those people on those shows have, raging mental health issues um you know they are the extreme they yeah. are the absolute end of the extreme and i know that that's what makes good tv especially when we're talking reality um but you're right there's a big difference between injectables and cutting and and cosmetic surgery um which has its place as well definitely but all in moderation and um that's why investing and investigating into a good practitioner who is going to know when to say now nah, we're good and you're good. Let's just sit for now. That's yeah. enough. How do you go with that conversation when you have to say to somebody, you know what, I feel like you're looking pretty good. Let's let's circle back to this one, this conversation next visit or something like that. that that's that's basically what I say. Yeah. It's basically what I say, um, to, you know, depending on the client and how well you know them and how many times you've seen them, how old they are, you know. Um, I just... Sometimes you've also got to say we've got to work with what God gave us. Yeah. And where we and uh, it's it, it it's you know I know that everyone says it but the especially more the states I guess but there's that real hybrid and I love me a Kardashian um and if you follow my <laughs> social media you'll know that I love me a, a Kardashian meme but it's very where they're all you know there's so many people in America that are following that same look. And um, here in Australia, we're a little bit different, and especially here in Queensland, um, it's not as hardcore. But we should all embrace our differences. We are all beautiful in our own way. But can I make you look a little less cranky? Yep. Could I raise your left eyebrow up to meet your right one because it's poking up a little bit high? Sure. If that's annoying you, we can do that. Um, but on a, at a selfish level, your face is my business card. And so if you're wandering around town with lips that are entering the room before you do, um, devoid of any expression, um, that's that's not good. That's, at a, like I said, at a selfish level, that's not good for business because that's not good injectables and I don't want people to think that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, which is why I guess I keep it on that natural side. Um, 
because I want people to know that there's definitely a place for it, but it doesn't have to change what you look like. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, like we we have – you know, we wax our eyebrows, well, for, for Fiona and I, we wax our eyebrows because they would meet our hairline. We, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we have lash extensions because it makes us feel really, really good. And yeah. when we do it, we like, oh, we really don't need much makeup. Like I just love that. Yeah. It's so much easier. You're good and, to go. Yeah. Like we, we have all these hacks that we find that works for us and what we enjoy. And Botox is just another one of those ones. And so that's why conversations like this to go, well, hang on a minute, like, it, it literally is a mum hack. Yeah. It really is. It really is. You can just have eyelashes, your eyebrows waxed, and your forehead, like, you know, your bitch face is on holidays, and you're good. Yeah. You, you feel good. You feel yeah. good. Yeah. But on that note, I want to ask you, Emma, what's the difference between, like, Botox and then there's fillers? So Botox works on the muscle, like I said before. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's great for the upper face, for a light, nice upper facelift. Um, filler does just that, fills in hollows and lines that are created over time. And so um, the most recognisable is probably lip filler. Um, so lip filler... For me personally, now that I'm 42, I'm starting to see the differences. I'm starting to see the, the changes that take place as you age. Um, our face, we lose some of the fat around our face as we age. Also, our cheeks, they start to separate and they want to head down south. And then when they head down south, they bring our jowls with them. Um, and so filler and I'm looking at it right now and I know exactly where I'd pop some filler in. My, not that I do my own injectables, I don't. Um, but I end up like the carpenter's house. I don't get done. So, um, you know, it's everyone else looks fabulous. And they're like, oh, who's Mother Hubbard in the back room doing the Botox? Um, so cheek, so for instance, we, we know about lip filler. Um, cheek filler can be great for that mid-face lift because whatever's happening in the lower part of the face is really a symptom of what's happening in the oh. mid-face. And so as our cheeks start to diminish um, and separate and they're not as perky and, and high as they used to be, popping a little bit of filler back in your cheeks can give a lift to your lower part of your face as well. But it also just brings that bounce back to your cheeks. Yeah. Um, filler is instant, whereas Botox takes um, up to two weeks to take effect. Um, filler also lasts you a lot longer. So you want to get, you know, six to 12 months and I'm um, sort of just grouping all filler in there. Um, obviously, your thicker fillers like cheek filler, you're going to get closer to 12 months out of. Um, and lips can be about six months because we use our lips so much um, so things are metabolised. Uh, but also the lip filler is the thinner of the filler group, so it stands to reason that we metabolise through that a little bit quicker. And so when you're saying lips, you're meaning actually in your lips. You're not meaning like, say, lines around the lips, are you? You're meaning... I think you can do that. Well, it does treat both. So as we age as well, um, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I've had a lady say to me, I hate my smoking lines, I've never smoked. I've Mm. never had a cigarette in my entire life. And I say oftentimes that can be genetics. If you, again, look at the women before you, did they have lines around their mouth? Yeah, they did actually. There we go. It, it, it's it's some things with genetics you can't change. Um, but when you do lip filler through the lip line, you inadvertently sort of very subtly stretch 
the uh, sort of sit the lip out a little wider and so it captures those lines as well um, and that's where I would say Botox or filler are not the end all and be all that's where I would talk to somebody about some good skin treatments like skin needling doing whatever you can to improve and increase the collagen response the reason that the um the reason that filler comes into its own, especially as a woman ages a little bit more, is because we're not making collagen like we used to. We're just not. You think of your children and their cheeks, they're all full to the brim and you can't stop kissing them. That's not the same as what we've got going on here, is it? Because I'm not making collagen like I was, collagen and elastin. Um, so that's where I would talk about anything we can do naturally, i.e. skin needling, to traumatize the skin, create those microchannels, and then get your body to heal it and bring collagen to the surface. So that would also enhance any of the fine lines. And for instance, we're talking about the lines around the mouth, that would also help that as well. So um, that's Botox is one part of the team. Fillers are one part of the team, but there's other things that we can do to improve it as well. Mm. So, yeah, think of filler as, as filling filling deficits that are now there that didn't used to be um, because of aging because of weight loss fillers really come into their own particularly um, as we've seen such a huge increase in gastric or weight loss surgery you know gastric sleeve mm -hmm. surgery so women are losing 40 to 60 kilos of weight um, depending on what they were when they started and then they come to me and they say I'm looking so old and it's because they've lost all of the fat through their face and it's now oh, yeah. hanging down here um so it, that procedure can be aging in the sense that you lose all of that fat not only everywhere else but you also lose the fat that's in your face so that's where fillers can come in and help you and um you know that's certainly not a one visit thing that's something that we need to work on over time yeah I love so that you make there's it definitely all, a place for it. Yeah. I love that you make this all just easily understandable. Yeah. I feel like the education that you are able to give us right now is Emma has been awesome. Yeah. I feel like walking away, I'm like, okay, okay. I totally get that. It's not a vanity thing. Yeah. It's just because it's what makes you feel good. Exactly. Exactly. It's and the I same think as giving having grace. A great eyebrow shape. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's giving grace uh -huh. to being able to say, you know what, like it, and do you know what, even if it is a vanity thing, I don't care because you're allowed to do that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like why is there that stigma around that to start with and then going further? So I think it's just sort of when you, when you become more educated, you can kind of look at these things and go, okay, well, you know, whether it is or isn't for you, you can you can be, get some understanding and lose the judgment lose the judgment lose the goddamn freaking judgment yeah look and i think the best way to do that is just own it and as soon as you own it um it's always interesting i've also had a woman come to me she was uh, probably early 70s but she was still in things like tennis groups and would go for lunch and all the rest of it and she so generationally um it's a bit different she was telling me that everyone in the tennis group gets it but nobody in the tennis group talks about it um, and it's just a no-go zone. Whereas I think generationally the younger generation are a lot more open and easy and like, yeah, what of it? Mind your business, don't really care, YOLO, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then there's sort of my age group in between all of that, um, which 
I find there's just some women that will be open and honest and there's just some women that aren't and I'll never push those women that aren't. There's also like women that are quite open to talk about sex and periods and things like that. There's some women that would think that that was very inappropriate and would never do that um, at all. And so those are the women that aren't going to talk about their Botox either. Um, But I think when you've, yeah, each to their own, I would never say to tell somebody how to deal with it, but I just think if you've got your reasons, they're your reasons and they don't have to be anybody else's. But also I understand the the theory when people say, I just don't want to have to have the conversation. I want to pay for it out of this account or my ladies nice things account because my husband wouldn't care, but I just don't want to have to talk to him about it. I just don't want to have to have the conversation. Go, fair enough. That's fine. I totally understand. Um, and their none their husbands might be none the wiser. Um, or they might just think, gosh, my wife's looking less cranky than she was. They'd probably think it's because <laughs> of them. Yeah, um, exactly. they totally think it is because of them. But I do get what you mean because like I know even the other week I was saying something to to Jake and I was like now you totally won't get this but I'm going to tell you and he was just like you could just see him go like okay (laughs) and you know it was I was talking about um how diet culture you know like I had a a week where it really messed with my head and I was like you know, questioning my ability and things like that. And I was like, so I know you don't get this, but, you know, last week, right over and I'm talking about the self-sabotage that I went through and then, you know, I sat down and I journaled about it and, you know, like I could see Jake was just like, go you, babe. I don't know what you're saying, but go you. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like they might not care as in like be, think it's bad, but they just also like, I don't care or like I don't get it, but go you. You yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. you do you, boo. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's what I think is the best way to be because – Men and women, we're, we're not the same. We yeah. age differently. Our, our, as women, we are so incredibly hormonally driven. Where we are hormonally, you can read it on people's faces. Um, I'm full of pimples at the moment and that's due to hormones. I also did a big scrub, which has also probably got something to do with it. But both of those combined and now I'm sitting here like I should be on Degrassi High because I've got all my acne back. Um, men, it's just different. It's just different. And, and I guess what my partner says the same thing to me. I just, I mean, I'm fine with it, like obviously, but it, I just, I just don't think you need it. That's all, babe. And I go, yep, but that's because I get it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, this is so, a yes dear moment. Yeah, yes, dear. Yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. And then it goes, and I also, I rally against the idea that we have, as we age, we're tagged with very different vibes to men. So, for instance, resting bitch face or, um, 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 you know, old spinster or cranky old lady or they're not, none of those statements are hot, whereas men are called silver foxes as they're aging. Their silver hair is hot. Well, I don't know about you, but again, at my age, I think it is hot. Um, whereas if I had greys, I i don't know, would I look dishevelled? It, it's just different. Yeah. So I, I hear what men say. I know that they're coming at it from a very loving and you're perfect in my eyes way of looking at it. Um, but it's it's a bystander point of view that they don't actually know what it's like um, yeah. because, like I say, they get called a fine wine that's getting better with age. Yeah. I haven't heard 
many women that don't get a little bit of help being described as that. Um, because we're so hormonally driven, as those hormones start to decrease, so many things start to decrease. Um, I'm making less collagen as it is. Hormonally, that will change again when perimenopause and menopause come into to the fact. Um, or you throw in medications that are so um, any the one that I'm using at the moment to, to describe would be any breast cancer treatments. So they can be very hormonally based. And so women can say to me, I'm through my cancer treatment, but God, it's taken its toll on my skin and my nails and my, you know, my health as well. Of course, I'm, that's, that's in general, but um, again, it's the hormones. We're just so different to men that I don't think we should all be put in the same box. Mm. We're apples and oranges. We are. Yeah, exactly. And ageing is no different. So grain of salt, um, I I don't know. Like I say, I've just heard it so many times, my partner, my partner, my boyfriend, my boyfriend doesn't want my boyfriend. I know it's coming from a good place, but. um, Yeah, a little bit more understanding. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. That's all. And I think they also, because of their lack of knowledge, think that, oh, no, she's, oh, great. Now she's going to look like those chicks with the massive lips and now she's going to. Oh God, what's this going to look? It doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be all of those things. It just doesn't. It can have its place um, and, and be, and just, and just replace volume that's lost. It doesn't even, and only that takes place as you're aging. And you can only see those changes as you're aging because when you're 23 and 24, you don't see those changes. You don't think they're ever going to happen to you. I must say, uh, when I said to Jesse, I'm going to, I reckon I'm going to line up. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm sick of this. And he's just like, oh yeah, like if you reckon, do that. And then he, like, so he is like, he may be six foot four and bulletproof, not bulletproof, hates needles, was like, oh my God, are they going to put needles? I was like, yeah, we're going to do- totally do a video too, just so people can see. He's like, no, nah, no way. I was like, can't wait to show you this video. And when I come home, I was like, check out my head. And he's like. Um, am I supposed to see a difference now? I was like, no, but you will see me. My my bitch face is going on holidays. And did then, he ever notice? Did he ever say? Did he ever notice when it did? Check yeah, out? he did. He was like, oh, I can see what you mean. It's just it's fresher. And I would say to him, check out my frown. And I'd be like, and he's like, are you, are you trying? I said, yeah, but this is it's just relaxed. I'm not plastic. I can still move my head and I can still do all the things. It's just far less like intrusive, I suppose. And cranky and on yeah exactly and and i was like we want to see my video with all the needles and he's like no way he no, couldn't do, do it n- yeah he's like oh, i could never do that i was like but look how good it feels at the end so it was hilarious yeah <laughs> i mean that i think i just think it's so good to be able to go you know what individually this is what you can have this is what's going to suit you and that's going to make you feel good there's nothing worse than you know, doing all this stuff and, you know, eating right or doing all the different things and going, I still just feel tired on the outside or I just look this on the outside. And I think, you know, it's because of where we are in our lives, Fiona, like, you know, through that motherhood journey, sometimes you just look at yourself and you're just like, what the fuck happened here? You know what I mean? And (laughs) sorry about the language, but don't you, hey? Like there's some days you just get in the mirror and you're just like, Christ almighty. any better. Yes. what how did jesus christ i'm certain you know you're 
you know, clean that spew in the middle of the night, you're like, definitely not 18 anymore, am I? You know, like, it's <laughs> no. not yours. Yeah, it's not yours. <laughs> but, you know, you just have these moments where you look at yourself and you're just like, Christ, how did I get here? And I think when you have something like Botox that can just kind of make you feel a little bit better or, you know, if a woman has lost a bit of weight or, you know, and she feels great or in just some way, if something makes you feel really good, I feel like, well, Doesn't why matter. not? It's worth it. Exactly. Like totally if you and feel I, good from it. I, you remember yourselves, you know, we've all got a few children between us, but it's even when you're coming out of that baby stage because you're all consumed and you're all breastfeeding and you're all cleaning up spew in the middle of the night and it's just kind of your head spinning. And then I think when your baby each to their own, um, whether it's when you stop breastfeeding or when your child hits a milestone, whether it be one or two, you come out of that or you're looking at that baby face from a little bit more hindsight and you're like, my turn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my turn. I have given my body, I have given my all, I've given my soul, I've given every part of me and I now look like a shell of what I used to look like. Yes. Um, and it's okay to say what can I do to just make myself look a little better, look a little less tired because that's what it does too. Um, it's, yeah, it's my turn now and I don't think that that's selfish. And like I said, Botox, we can tailor it to your budget and just suit and treat the areas that are bothering you the most. Um, it doesn't have to, you don't have to get a loan for it. We can work with what you've got. Yeah. That's what I love. Or you stage it or you do, or we do it a little bit every um, month or every second month or we just treat some different areas. There's just different options. So, yeah, you don't need to get a mortgage for it. Mm. And I think that's nearly one of the biggest stigmas, isn't it, that you're going to come out looking plastic and you'll be broke. Yeah, exactly. Like, holy crap, how much is that going to cost you? Yeah. And I think sometimes... It's like anything. We can make choices. You make choices, you know. Yeah. Um, you, you, you ch- There's no point in doing your whole face with a tiny bit of Botox because you're not going to get the dose right. It's like painting your whole house with a tiny little can of paint. Yeah. <laughs> or do we use the tiny can of paint and we do the garage door phenomenally? Yeah. Totally. And then we can, so we do it that way. Um, Botox and the dosage is like, or, or I only want a tiny, tiny bit. I only want a tiny bit. I don't, I don't want much. I don't want much. I only want to spend, you know, I only want to spend $100. Uh, there's got to be a point there where I've got to say keep your $100 because you just, it's a waste of $100. It's like when you've got a headache and the dose says to take two Panadol and you only take one, is it the Panadol's fault for not working or did you never get the dose right in the first place? So you don't spread it too thin and then go, well, Botox is rubbish, it didn't work, her stuff's rubbish. No, just focus well on an area and do it and um, you will notice the difference. Yeah. Mm. And take your consultation seriously. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Emma, have you got any last wisdom for us? No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> really, all I would say is don't be so afraid of the needles. Um, I don't love needles. I particularly was a little put off that someone wanted to put them in my face. I'm obviously very used to it now and I know what to expect. But think of it as some like little mozzie bites, um, depending on where the nerves in our face are, depend on oftentimes I'll hear, oh, yep, felt that one. Um, or I'll do five somewhere else and they'll be like, you didn't really feel, you know, they didn't really feel it. Um, so don't be put off by the pain per se, Botox particularly. It's like 
couple of little mozzie bites on your forehead um, in the different places that I put it. Um, but once the needles are over, there is no pain. When you're walking out and getting in your car, there's no pain. You're not leaving in pain. Um, and as for filler, we use a very good numbing cream and, um, you know, there is some pain associated. There is some uncomfortableness associated, but um, I work quick and I don't like to drag it out too long. So um, don't let the pain put you off. Um, it's a short-term it's a short-term thing um, and no one has left crying with half their forehead done um, and I do pride myself on being as gentle as I can be but until we can drink it, it's the only way to get it in. So, um, but don't, maybe one day we will be, maybe that's, maybe that's, I don't know if that's in the pipelines but um, don't let the thought of the pain put you off. There's different things that we can do to work around that as well. Oh, absolutely. Emma, thank but as for so as for wisdom, I don't think I do have much really. Um, just do you, do you, and and don't worry about what other people say. And, That's exactly um, what I was going to say. Actually, yeah, I have think your the own thing... reasons. Have yeah. your own, we we make decisions. We've had to all make choices big choices lately about things that we're putting in our body, and that's a whole other conversation. We've all had our own reasons, and at the end of the day, do what's best for you. Do what's best for your family. Um, just do you and, and own that. And um, I don't think anyone can argue with you. And if you do come to me, I promise that I'll cut you off if you're getting a little too, if you're getting, if, you're getting it's like the soup Nazi. I'm the Botox Nazi. I'll be like, no more for you. Get out. <laughs> um, no, I'll do it nicer than that. But, um, yeah, so that would probably be all I've got. Oh, Emma, I think the biggest thing, whether you've now thought about Botox in a different way or just now gone, you know what, if there's something else that you're willing to do as our dear listeners, you've probably just thought about it and gone, you know what, I'm going to do it because I want to do it. So whether it's Botox, whether it's whatever it is that you want to do in your life, I think the biggest thing and the biggest learning lesson um, other than that awesome education you've given us, Emma, that was absolutely perfect. And I know personally I've learned so much more. I think it's just going, you know what, if I want something, you know, I'm allowed to have it because a lot of the time I think deep down we go, oh, no, I what can't. Will say? What will people say? But, oh, I can't do that. Oh, oh. But I think giving that that grace to yourself yeah, is, exactly. is beautiful. Emma? And I do think that that's, that's a bigger thing out. Sorry, I'll... But I do think that's a bigger thing out West as well. I think that the the thought of what other people think and say and will do, and I'm very cognizant of that, which is why uh, I, I don't do as many befores and afters as some of my um, competition because um, I will always respect that. And, um, and if you want to go out the back door, you certainly can. Um, that's totally fine as well. So it's, it's your private treatment and it's nobody else's business. Um, and, yeah. Like, do you? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if you loved Emma and you want to stalk her, I yes. uh, highly recommend stalking her. Uh, Emma is at Elite Injectables and she has Facebook, Insta. Have you guys got a website as well? I'm not really a website Working person. on it. Yeah. Working on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same Insta's thing. Where I'm it's not, at, really. Some people are website people. Um, but yeah, working on that. Yeah. yeah. Socials is good because it's more up to date and what's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a what's yep. happening now. Yep. That's for sure. Highly recommend the stalk. Yes. Emma, thank you so much for this beautiful thank you for educational having me. chat today. Thank you for having me, ladies. Have a lovely day and I'll see you soon.